Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Tuesday. We're back. Man, oh man, Thursday's guest just had the show dropped into my email. Cannot wait. If you're a fan of Dwayne McFarland, hold on to your hats. It's going to be a good one. Big man. It's not Dwayne McFarland. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm saying if you're a fan of Dwayne's work, yeah. this is going to be a big one. It sounded like it going to be Dwayne that was coming on. Spoiler, it's not. <laughs> so yeah, if you are a massive fan of Dwayne and you don't want to see if it isn't Dwayne, tune in anyway. <laughs> but it's not Dwayne McFarlane. But I am good. How are you, my friend? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for today's episode because you've been crunching some serious numbers. And this time it isn't for the streets, it's for the actual show. Yeah, I know. So we're going to do... A 2019 review by position. Um, starting with linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, linebackers rock. Yeah, they do. They, they made some tackles. Some. <laughs> like the majority, I would suggest. Devin White rocks. Mm. Yeah, there's some good linebackers. It's a good game. But we're not starting with linebackers. No, we're, we're starting with the most important position in football, and that's Kick the quarterback. Up. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? You left it open there. Yeah, quarterbacks. It's going to be fun. So we're going to do a few of these pods. Probably. It might be in a row. There might be a couple of weeks in between. We're breezy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the off-season, baby. It's the off-season. We've got so much time to cover this. But we thought what we'd do is we would look at quarterbacks. We'll look at the top 24. So we're not going to cover Mitch Trubisky or Sam Donald or all the random QBs that made a few games like Rudolph or... Joe Flacco. No Flacco. Damn. Unfortunately, Locke didn't make enough games. We're looking at the top 24 scoring quarterbacks. Matt Stafford just missed the list um, due to injury because he only played eight games. So top 24 scoring quarterbacks last season. And we're going to just dig a little bit behind the numbers um, around uh, how they performed, looking at the types of games they had to take away some uh, insight, looking at the 2020 to identify potential breakout candidates, players that we should be fading um, and then going through some of our bits and pieces. 100%. Before we get into that, I'm going to do a 
BBC, that's a TV channel for those listening. Not, I suppose everyone in the world knows who BBC everyone is. Everyone knows who BBC is. Yeah, because BBC News is the only channel you ever get anywhere else but Britain if you go on holiday. Is that what we watch? Oh, that's French. That's German. Oh, there's BBC News. Let's put that on and watch <laughs> the same stuff every hour for 24 hours. It sounds great. Yeah, so I'm going to do a headlines thing for the news. Murph and I did say before that we weren't going to do it, but I feel that headlines is important. Yeah. So I'm going to drop the headlines. That was like the old veteran Philly printer. Yeah, I think you needed a higher pitch. Yeah. You know, like more. Beep, 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 beep. That's the one. I'm setting you up. There you go. Those who know me know I love a sound effect. Not quite as good as the guy in uh, Police Academy, though. No. Yeah. He's... Let's see if we can get him on the pod. What, just do a pod of sound effects? <laughs> I'll cue him up and he can like make some noises. But, That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, so the news is brought to you by our new presenting sponsor, and that's helmethouse.co.uk. Yeah. Very excited to have these guys on. They've been killing it for a while. Um, they're sponsoring uh, Sheffield Giants next season oh, as well. They? Yeah, they are. Legit. So uh, they are responsible. They So, you know, we were saying how we bought, you can see the jerseys here in the background. These have all come mostly from Pristine Auction. Um, and Pristine Auction's great. We're not knocking them. But you can pay X amount for the shirt itself and then you end up paying twice as much again for the shipping. taxes and the shipping and the imports and, and all of that and you wait ages for your item well helmethouse.co.uk have some legit fire uh, items on there signed Patrick Mahomes helmets uh, and all sorts they do some really cool stuff they donate a lot of money to charity as well and we're really pleased to be partnering uh, with them they only have a select couple of partners they work with they have selected us we've selected them um, we're looking forward to doing lots with them in the season but in the short term they've given us a code it's five yard rush you can get five percent off anything uh, that they sell which you know we're talking about items here that go a couple of hundred three hundred four hundred five hundred so we're talking about significant discount here yes, given some of the items and all of them are from legit sources they all come with certificates of authenticity. They're the only guys in the UK that are bringing you the widest range of collection of signed helmets. So go check them out. They have a Facebook group you can go and join. They do loads of videos. They're doing some fantasy leagues. They're doing all sorts of stuff. They do loads of giveaways. So at the very minimum, go check out their site. and Go check out their Facebook page because uh, Wayne and company there are, are brilliant. Um, tell them we sent you as well. Um because we have a good relationship with them, but also they do lots of videos and all sorts. And you might recognize some of the logos in their videos as well. Oh, I like it. I like it. So go get yourself a Super Bowl MVP signed Patrick Mahomes helmet and then just admire the piece you've acquired. And bask in the glory of its magnificence. Amen. Here comes the news. So Philip Rivers is entering free agency. He will not return to the Chargers. Taysom Hill wants to be a quarterback and has said he will leave the Saints to do so if needs be. Greg Olsen is to wrap up his free agent visits this week with the Seahawks, Bills and Redskins. Browns Garrett is meeting with Roger Goodell in New York City to discuss his reinstatement after the ban. Tua's scan shows fractured hip has healed. Unknown how much he would do at the Combine, if anything, though. Murph tried to get me on this one in the show notes by just putting his last name, but I swerved it. Just said Tua. Cowboys linebacker Stan Lee... Sean Lee, sorry, is to play. Uh, Stanley, Stan- <laughs> Marvel. So, yeah, Stanley's playing in 2020. He's going to test a free agency. I know, I did it. It's Sean Lee, but whatever. And then veteran DB Eric Weddle has retired after 13 seasons in the NFL. He's got good beard game, that boy. He does. His like retirement picture of his Rams jersey was a bit superhero at Stanley. See, I knew it was there. <laughs> yes, what a good, good one, Stocks. And then, uh, yeah, last but not least, the Jags are going to play two games in London in 2020. I think I mentioned that last week. Might have done, but yeah, we'll put it in there again. It's there. Boom. We if you're know. a Jags fan, twice as happy. So big, man. Let's do your quarterback 2019 year in review. Talk to me. So, we took the top-rated quarterbacks from Fantasy Pros. We looked at... Um, the top 24, we split them obviously into the top 12 and the bottom 12. So, Your QB1s and QB2s. Correct. So why don't we? Why don't you read out the names who finished as QB1 last year and then we can do some analysis based on uh, those names. So the names from the season just gone, yeah? 
for the 2019 season. Okay, cool. When you said last year, I thought he's throwing another curveball here. No, nah, the 2019. <laughs> it's facing, last season. We're in 2020. I'm facing a 2-0 count. Murph's got me here. <laughs> no, I've got you. So in at one, obviously Lamar Jackson. Scored 421.68 fantasy points through 15 games and averaged 28.11. It's pretty good going. Yeah, so it's worth noting with this, we took out the week 17 scores, or lack of them, most leagues play to 16 weeks. We advocate that, so we're ignoring anything in week 17 as irrelevant because some people elevated their scores that they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we didn't really want that. Just wanted a true reflection of, of the season. So that's why we're saying 15 games because we're not counting the 16th game, although Lamar didn't play a 16th game. That makes sense. I was a little... I was trying to think... Lamar missed a game. What did he miss? Had a bye week and then we're not counting week 17. Well, he didn't play week 17 anyway. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't yeah. have mattered. I, no. I was going on... The, only played oh, his yeah. 16 and I was a bit... Yeah, bye week. Cool. So then in at two was the Sean Watson. 331 points. Average 22.1. Dak Prescott was third. He had 319 points. 21.28 average. Then your boy fire the cannons. Murphy's Jameis Winston. He had 318. Actually, he was only 0.4 points behind Dak Prescott. 318.82. And he averaged 21.25. Russell Wilson came fifth. Uh, five points behind Jameis. 313. He averaged 20.089. Then our boy Josh Allen came in. Oh, what's that now? 26, 16, 18 points. No, my math's gone terrible. 16 points. Uh, 16 points. 16 points behind Russell Wilson. He had 297.3, averaging just under 20 points at 19.82. Number one overall pick, Kyla Murray, came seventh with 282 with 18.82 picks. Patrick Mahomes, after missing a few games, he only played 13. He had 279.98, just outside the 280 mark. He averaged 21.54 points per game, but did miss a few. Matty Ice Ryan came ninth. He had 266.82 points and averaged 19.06 and only played 14, so missed a game. Carson Wentz, 10. He scored 265, so... Even with Matty Ice missing a game, scored more than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did have 265.8 points, averaging 17.7 a game. Aaron Rodgers is in at 11 with 262.3, averaging 17.4. And then Tom Brady broke the QB1s with 255.8 points and an average of just over 17 at 17.06. Yeah, so we're going to break this into two halves um, to glean some information from that. The first of all, the standoff is that Lamar Jackson was ninety points clear in first place from Deshaun Watson. He was in a complete tier league, playing a different element, game. Yeah, playing a completely different game, and we'll um, talk and break down about how those sort of games broke down from a fantasy perspective a, a little bit. Um, but the key, the key things to look at is you kind of got a couple of tiers here. So you got from Deshaun Watson to Russell Wilson. So that's two to five. Uh, the gap to that was 18 points. It's mm-hmm. so not a massive amount. Um, Dak and Jameis, as you mentioned, was only 0.4 of a point. Very fractional difference. Russell Wilson, five points uh, back from Winston, uh, five and a half points. So really small margin. So you, you kind of got these little pocket tiers. So the Mar Jackson, big gap. Then you've got the... the the Watson to Russell Wilson, where actually 18 points over 15 games, you're looking at about a point and just over a point per game. So close. Yeah. I mean, Watson kind of separated himself a, a small bit, but you didn't gain a significant advantage having to Sean Watson over Russell Wilson. You would have been, if, if you'd had any of those five QBs, roughly speaking, you would have been relatively happy. Although we'll dig behind actually, maybe you weren't as happy as you uh, potentially would be looking at the end result. And then you've got this really interesting tier of three of Allen, Murray and Mahomes, all very young quarterbacks, all going to be hanging around for uh, a while to come. Uh, Mahomes is a bit of an outlier because he missed uh, games. So his average was actually good enough uh, for third place overall. So had he kept that pace up, that's where he would have ended up. Um, Josh Allen had uh, sort of a nice gap. He was almost in the tier of his own. He actually was uh, an average of an entire point per game over Kyler Murray in seventh. 
Um, but I like to bundle them in because they're, they're not that far apart. Mm. And then you've got a bit of a gap to Matty Ice in uh, ninth. Him to Tom Brady is 11 points, so that, that remaining tier of, of 9 to 12. So what I wanted to do was split out and look at this from um, how many games did they have game-winning weeks for you? How many games were they just solid? And then how many games were they a bust? Now, you've probably heard this concept on other podcasts. Uh, Fancy footballers do it in the Truth episodes. I wanted to do it a little bit different because I'm not necessarily bothered about them getting a top 10 fantasy score. I'm talking about I was really interested in getting a game week winning score out of them. So when I was looking at the analysis of the average game winning week of a top three, top four QB, it was circa 25 points. So I just set the bar for an M- what I've called an MVP tier week. So to have an MVP week, I set that bar at 25 points plus. Um, and what that, what I mean by that, that, that score, 25 points plus, is setting you up to potentially win your week. Because you're only getting, on average, three to four QBs a week. You would have outliers where there'd be seven and other outliers where there'd be two, but traditionally speaking across the weeks it was three to four players on average would get that 25 plus week therefore you'd have a distinct advantage if you're playing someone who didn't have one yeah right then you've got solid and i've put that at 24.9 points to 16.1 points um and that is where you they've had a game where they've not lost you a week they might not necessarily have won your week unless you played a qb who had her really bad week sure but just from a traditional perspective they were in the middle good week can't argue it then you're into bust week 16 points that might seem high but i can't consider a qb i play getting 16 points as successful say 17 points is okay 16 points i think hurts your team um and they're more likely going to be a qb2 for that week based on that number i think we should also preface this 16 points that you would play with the fact that you like to stream your quarterbacks and have been f- very successful. Obviously, if you've read the the stream article on the website and Murph's come up with a metric for that now, 16 points might seem like a lot. You think you think of 16 fantasy points, you think, yeah, that's okay. But if that's your base level and you can achieve a lot higher, then 16 points actually equates to the same as not scoring many if you can score more or have a closer attempt at a week winning score yeah and and the reason i've done it at that level is i want to look at these players and i want to know who was the one that was going to deliver me game winning weeks and who's the ones that were likely going to let me down more often than not and actually i'd have been better off just streaming uh in general and who was solid because what this will identify is Upside QBs, and this is going to become really important when we do some takeaways. Um, players who are just, they're going to be solid. They're not going to necessarily excite you, and you're not going to get maybe elite performance out of them, but they're also not going to lose you your weeks, most weeks. And that's important because sometimes it's okay just to have a set it and forget it guy. More often than not, they'll be fine. No real upside, but it's a safe floor. And if I'm playing in a week where it's a close matchup i might want to take the safe floor if it's a game i'm chasing i might need to think about streaming whereas if i've got a player who's busting more often than not it's kind of looking at are they really going to deliver elite performance going forward and that's what we need anyone's got a high propensity to bust is a player who really shouldn't be considering drafting in 2020 so i'm not going to go through absolutely everybody's numbers i'll post some graphics on twitter um, i'm just going to go through from those qb1s a quick statement about them and just highlight something about each one so you've got some actionable insight to take away um otherwise it's me reading a lot of numbers and it's potentially a little dull if you don't have the numbers in front of you right so i do that just here <laughs> <laughs> lamar jackson what was really special about lamar jackson's season was the amount of mvp uh, games he had 25 points plus he actually had nine so he was having a game winning week for you 60 percent of the time he had a solid week 33 percent of the time he busted just once and that was week five against pittsburgh now everyone goes on about mahomes and mahomes is incredible 2018 mvp record setting level so what i wanted to do is i actually had a look at mahomes's 
2018 season, he had seven MVP games. Lamar last season had nine. How many middle-of-the-road games did Mahomes have? So Mahomes only busted twice. So he would have gone seven, seven, six, and two. So based on that then, what Lamar did last season was, yes, he beat Mahomes's fantasy overall fantasy points and not no- enough noise was made on in my opinion on that as it was yeah because i think people see actually, i can't say that because patrick mahomes has just won a super bowl and he's going to be generational yeah. as a quarterback but lamar jackson beat mahomes's fantasy target uh points sorry and not a lot of noise has been said on that. And then he actually had better, more MVP games, less bus games in doing so as well. Yeah, and I think that's the real key thing is he's realistically going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy football next season from a ADP perspective. Some data I'm seeing has him in the mid-second, maybe even high second round. Now, no. there is going to be some regression you're going to have to build into this model. But ultimately, when you're taking Lamar Jackson, the thing that you're going to get is a guy who can potentially win you weeks 60% of the time. And that's a huge draw. And we talk about not taking a QB uh, early and we put all the science behind it. There's going to be regression baked into these numbers. And that's something you're going to have to factor in and something I'm going to look at really deeply. I don't have an answer right now as to where that regression could potentially come from. But... If he keeps those numbers relatively similar, um, eight, nine MVP games, I think anything north of seven is incredible. If you think that was Mahomes' bar in 2018, best fantasy season ever, he had seven MVP games. If he shifts two MVP games and goes into solid, he's still going to be worth a high-value draft pick, potentially. It's just how much is he going to regress. That's the real question. But ultimately, because of his rushing ability, he's not going to bust very often. That's, I was just going to say that. Do you think his regression goes from MVP and doesn't slide all the way into bust? It almost has a buffer point at middle yeah. ground because of his legs. So it's just how much... If you're taking away... What, what will stand him out is how many MVP games he will have. If he's still at the 7 mark, he's going to be worth maybe that third round pick you will be satisfied with what you get as a return there because they're game winning weeks mm. provided that there aren't too many qbs that are putting up a similar number and we'll go through how many others got anywhere near seven um it's just if it drops to five that's where if it's too much regression the one thing you'll get is safety with lamar jackson i can't see him having many bus games he might go from like one to two maybe three but ultimately, you know what you're going to be getting, which there is some security in that. But it's what you're giving up and the opportunity cost for that. A high second and you're giving up potentially ADP data off the top of my head, uh, a potential league winning running back um, like a Nick Chubb or... Uh, I mean, this year, you say, you say he was a, a late, an early first. You say, yeah. you say that there was a possibility for that. Yeah. You could have given up Michael Thomas. Yeah. In leagues, Michael Thomas slid to the beginning, middle of the second round. Absolutely. And I know who I'd rather plug in at a slot that I need in. And that's something you've got to consider what the opportunity cost is there. In the third round, that's something that you might be open. If, if Lamar Jackson's on the board, given this kind of data, the amount of MVP games he has and the solid floor he has versus the, the very relatively low bust levels. He was the only QB with one bust game. Everybody else had at least... Um, at least two or more. And that, that's important. Um, even Mahomes himself had more than that in his MVP level season. So there is some security what you get in there. And that's what you're paying the cost for. Not mm. just the elite league winning weeks, but actually the, the security of what's in the middle there. Knowing that your QB is going to get a minimum of 16.1 points upwards is, is an important statistic. Because you know he's not going to lose you a week. Whereas all these other guys uh, in the top 12... With the exception, I would say, of one other player, maybe two, um, they're going to lose you quite a few weeks. And it's just how many of those losses can you afford to have? So that's why I thought it was really interesting to dig that out in something that what he did last season was just purely incredible. I'd like to go back through the history of archives and see if any other QB has ever done that. I don't think so, given the amount of points scored, but it'd be interesting to see. But that would take a lot more time than than Mm. I had for this exercise. 
The next player on the list, unless you're doing... No, no, no. I was, I was just going to move on to the next player. The next two players on the list are interesting numbers-wise. They're quite polarising as opposed to each other, aren't they? Yeah, and it, do you know what? It really set my mind as to which one of these QBs I would rather have next year. Um, it's really solidified it, provided that her situations remain relatively the same. So I, I, I hope we're talking about the same player. Well, Deshaun Watson put up seven MVP games. So he won you seven games potentially, 25 points plus, but he also cost you five. So there was no real security with Deshaun Watson. No, it was definitely boom or bust. He was boom or bust. 46.67% of the time he was an MVP, 33% of the time he was a bust. Um, He had three games where he was in the middle, 20% of the time. And that is the kind of risk you have with a quarterback like that. You can't argue he didn't have weapons. You can't argue he didn't have um, everything in his arsenal to potentially become... They strengthened that O-line. They went out and got um, a secondary wide receiver in Kenny Stills for him. Plus he had Fuller. Plus, and I know these guys got injured and etc. But he had weapons. He had two running backs he could lean on to pass the ball. He had two tight ends in that scheme. But he still busted five times. And that's a really high rate. In fact... The only guys in the top five that were near that were Russell Wilson, who got five, and Jameis Winston, who got six, which would be no shock to anyone. But that that next tier down, the Allens, the Murrays, and the Mahomeses, even Matt Ryan didn't bust as much as that. It was just what saved him, and the reason he's the QB2 is he had those game-winning performances. Mm. But if you can't predict when they are going to be, is he really going to be worth the price that you're going to pay I mean, he's looking likely he's going to be the third, fourth or fifth QB off the board in drafts. And do you really want to take a guy who is going to bust almost as often as he's going to win you a week? No, certainly not. And that's something to really consider when you're thinking about Deshaun Watson and where to take him next year. My takeaway from these stats in front of me are the quarterback is the conductor for the for the band that is his offense. So surely this stat trickles down across all of his skill positions as well. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, purely well, because... I guess more for wide receivers and tight end than running back. Yeah, but you can have example, uh, James Winston will be the counter-argument to that. James Winston had terrible games where Chris Godwin and Mike Evans had great games. Okay. So it's not necessarily true. It's just in what nature. Lamar Jackson's bus game is way through three INTs. So the skill position still benefited a little bit, although he only threw for 200 yards. There was still some benefit to that. I'm willing to believe when Deshaun Watson had a bad game, Nuke also had a bad game. And that's something when we get to the wide receiver episode in a few weeks' time, we can dig into that I think and, I think that's going to be that. close to... And sometimes there's a reason why they bust, right? Sometimes it's uh, certain players went down. And when we come to one or two players, I can explain a little bit around um, where they potentially fell off or improved due to that. There wasn't a a distinct trend with Watson other than we knew that he was worse in the side when Fuller wasn't in the team. And that's one thing that's correlated. The depth of target was down. um, The lack of willingness to throw the deep ball. But... That doesn't necessarily explain why he's busting. It might explain the lack of MVP games, but he still had seven, which is, again, that equaled what Mahomes did last season. But that doesn't explain why he's busting. That will just explain why he would have a cap in those MVP games, why he's not going over the top. So the other guy in this conversation is is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott um, had four MVP games, but he had nine solid games, and he only busted twice. So 60% of the time, he was solid. Which is solid. Yeah, it's 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 right down the middle of the road. It's maybe unexciting. It's maybe uh, nothing's going to make you jump out of your seat. But Dak Prescott wasn't costing you games in the season. If you started him every week, you weren't losing your weeks. Be- you weren't losing your fantasy games because of Dak. Unless you were playing Lamar Jackson, potentially. That might be the only example. But he produced enough every single week, barring one or two, that gave you the confidence to start him every week. If you had Dak Prescott in your team, you weren't worried about the waiver wire for quarterback. You Mm. weren't streaming. You had someone who was delivering consistent numbers week on week. And there was a value in that. Do you think that having the value in Prescott 
if you are streaming and you have a fab budget and stuff like that as opposed to the wave wire priority do you think having the security of DAC because you would have drafted him late do you think having the security of DAC say you knew not a lot has changed over over there at Dallas and you think alright DAC's going to be safe in 2020 take him a couple of rounds earlier knowing that you're not going to have to stream your quarterback therefore saving a bit of fab for positions like tight end DST that you are going to stream prolifically to save a bit of fab potentially I think it depends on the format you're playing in the league you're in and how high a price you're going to have to pay do I advocate taking Dak Prescott in the fifth round no because he's not going to give you the match winning performances of uh, potentially a rookie that you can get in the fifth round. You might get Jonathan Taylor, depending on landing spot in the fifth round, right? You might get, you think of players that went in the fifth round last year, you were getting Chris Godwin early on in drafts, who would have been a potential league winner for you over Dak Prescott. Mm. There's going to be potential league winners in the fifth round of drafts. So if taking Dak Prescott in the fifth round to get that security, I would probably say against it. Would I advocate taking Dak Prescott in, say, the seventh or eighth round if you filled your positions? Potentially, that might be an avenue you think yeah. I can save my fab budget in that sort of price range and think That's there's more... a value to taking Dak Prescott there, knowing I'm going to get this X amount of security yeah, yeah. That, that I can start him most weeks, barring bye week or injury, and he's not going to cost me a fantasy championship. The one thing is, it's those four MVP games. It's good. It's not elite number. Mm. It. it it, it, it's fine, but it's what every other quarterback bar in the top two is. And there's always someone that's going to rise from the pack of those remaining players that will potentially rise up. And there's a couple of names that we can give looking at this data later on. So yeah. they might be looking at those guys and thinking, do you want to gamble on the upside? And it might be, you might want to do both. So maybe you say, take Dak Prescott and then take a guy I'm going to mention later on and have him as your insurance so that you've got the combination of safety plus upside. And then if upside booms... Boom. Then, yeah. My favourite combination last year of quarterback selection was taking James Winston and, and Lamar Jackson. And what an option to have. James Winston played pretty well. Yes, he had some bad weeks. Lamar Jackson took off pretty quickly. He didn't have to worry about it. So that combination worked out really well. In fact, I could end up trading James or cutting him or doing whatever yeah. I wanted. Um, and I've got a good asset there to trade because he was putting up numbers whilst I had Lamar Jackson. Mm. And that's a, and if you can find that kind of combination, you're laughing. And Dak Prescott could be a very key part in that equation. Yeah, well, I like that. Cool. So fire the Candace Murphy in at force, James Winston. I mean, what, what would you expect other than the fact that he was pretty much all over the show? Um, 25% uh, or 26.67% of the time, he was an MVP level, so same as Dak. He had four MVP games. He had five solid games. He had six bust games. Um, it's worth noting that he absolutely busted in the fantasy playoffs. He was absolutely dreadful. Now, some of it could be injury-related. Some of it could be scheme. Some of it could just be that he just lost lost it under pressure, <laughs> whatever it is, right? Ultimately, the six bust games um, didn't pan out well for him. But what's interesting, when I broke this down game by game, was the end and the beginning bad. Middle, incredible. So it was just something about the beginning of the season, end of the season just wasn't very good. But everywhere in the middle was, for the most part, pretty good. Um, if I took out week one, week two, and week 15, week 16, he actually only busted twice. And then the rest of it is the four and the five. So it was just the, the beginning, it bookended. Um, which is fascinating in its own right. But ultimately, he is what he is. He will put up weeks where he will win you weeks. Mm -hmm. But he will also cost you weeks. He is the perfect example of a quarterback that can be brilliant and has that amazing upside, but also has the potential to throw it away for you. So a Dak-Winston combination could be quite a good pairing next season if you could get both. Depending on the price you're willing to pay on that, maybe Winston... Because I still think Winston's price, barring these results will still be low. I still think you'll get James Winston in the ninth, 10th round next year because people will be scared of the 30 interceptions. 100%. So I think if you got Dak Prescott in like the 8th and Winston in the 10th, I think that's a really good combination for next season because you've got the potential boom guy and then you've got the, the safety. safety. And 
barring your matchups and playing it, you could be really smart in having that combination of safety mm-hmm. and, and, and boom. You might not want to go with Winston. There's other guys you can go with that potential upside flair. But he is a player that is going to cost you weeks if you start him over 16. But he's a player worth having on the roster because of what he can deliver the other side. Russell Wilson, ironically, had very, very similar numbers. Um, the only difference between Winston and Russell was that Russell Wilson had one more solid game and one less bus game. But they had the same amount of MVP games. That's mad, isn't it? When you yeah. put the two next to each other and you say who had more of each X, Y and Z games, you would not have suggested that it was flipped by one game across the whole thing. One game across the whole thing. So you think Russell Wilson was in MVP conversation yeah, yeah. and Winston was, they were making mock documentaries about him, 30 for 30. And yet Winston not only ended up with more fantasy point totals over 16 games or 15 games that they played, but actually the only difference between them was that Winston had one more bus game and and then what's also funny in that is Winston still with that number going the other way against him still yep. finished ahead. So that tells you that when Winston produced a a game, it was a big game. It was we're talking a 38 40 point week. Wilson didn't deliver that. If he got 25 plus it was maybe 30. Mm. Which was still it's still a game winning week. Yep. But he's not getting you the the really high big weeks that Lamar uh the Jackson uh, Lamar Jackson, Watson, those guys were getting. So the the real key funny thing is when I was looking at this is that most of Wilson's big, big weeks came in the first six games of the season. That's when he was on fire. Um, and his production dropped off massively when Will Disley got injured. So much so he only had one MVP game after week six. Oh, Montana strong. And, and that was against um, Tampa Bay. And that was when they threw to uh, Hollister, Jacob Hollister. Yes. Right. So that was the only time after week six that he had an MVP game. So the rest of the time after week six, he was just average or poor. From a fantasy perspective, I'm not going to talk about his gameplay. So That's something. So Russell Wilson needs a, a productive tight end in order to have MVP level games. So if they do not address the tight end position in free agency and they go into the season with... Seriously injured, Will Disley, he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season, and Jacob Hollister. Russell Wilson is a guy I'd be moving down my board. I like it. So that's something that you will need to watch in the free agency, in the draft, even draft. We know draft rookies don't really move the numbers all that much So for at tight end. So be really, really careful with Russell Wilson because he is someone that performs much better with an effective tight end than not having one, regardless of... Uh, DK Metcalf and Lockett etc he needs that guy over the middle to have those MVP games so Russell Wilson come draft season comes with a prefix if he doesn't have a tight end you don't draft him draft him if you get a value if he if he's there in the, because of I the safety of his floor normal ADP cost correct if you're getting him in the 10th round then he's worth having If but I feel like he his price will go high because he's Russell Wilson and I think he could be QB5 off the board and I just without a tight end even with a tight end, I'm not overly interested. Without a tight end, I'm really out at that price. I'll, I'll stick around and I'll get a later guy. Like, potentially the guy we're going to get on to next. Talking of the guy we're getting on to next, I think Facebook knows that you and I are Josh Allen fans, Murph. Right. Because I get cookies come up from uh, NFL Europe with a Josh Allen jersey every <laughs> day. And I'm going to be heading over to NFL Europe, hitting the shop, and I'm going to be adding the code 5YardRush to the discount for my 10% off. So Rush Nation, if you do want a jersey of Josh Allen and you're a fanboy like us, or if it's anybody else from the upcoming draft and to get the player you want, head over there, plug in the code 5YardRush for 10% off. I'm going to do it, Murph. I'm going to get a Josh Allen jersey. Love it. And why not? Josh Allen was QB6 on the season. Now, he had very few MVP games last season. He only had two, which is 13.3% of the time. What he did, which no other QB did, was he had 10 solid games. So 66.67% of the time, two-thirds of the time in the season, he was just solid. Boom. Now, we talked about the value of safety with, with Dak Prescott. Josh Allen was arguably safer. He had one more bust game than Dak Prescott and a couple of fewer MVP games. But he was incredibly consistent. Um for a late round guy, probably going undrafted in times in certain drafts, yep. or very late, there is a value in a guy like Josh Allen. Now, 
one doesn't come as a surprise. Again, he's a rushing QB. So therefore, he gets you 30, 40 yards on the ground. That's three to four points. That is what takes away his bus games. Is those three or four points he gets on the ground, plus those rushing TDs, which is worth two extra points because he's got that willingness to do it himself. That is what saves him from being a bust quarterback. Um, so people look at the 2018 class, and if you'd ranked the quarterbacks in the 2018 class, most people would have had somewhere in the region of in one, two, three in any order would have been Darnold, um, Rosen, and Mayfield. And then Allen four and Jackson five were the two consensus four or five. Coming into it, from a fantasy perspective, Allen and Jackson are responsible for 90% of the MVP games in fantasy football scoring. Wow. Out of those five. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Rush Nation... And the Mars won an MVP. Yeah. That's a big stat. So we're talking about what they do in games. Yes, okay, it's fantasy. It doesn't always correlate to what you're seeing on the screen. But ultimately, what these guys do from a fantasy perspective, and it's what we tell you time and time again, looking at their numbers and looking at what they produce, these guys continue to do it week in, week out. Josh Allen isn't a sexy pick. He's not going to get you a huge amount of MVP games. But again, if you're looking at a guy just to give you stability of floor as a position that you can always put in and know he's not going to lose you a week, Josh Allen is, again, another really good, undervalued pick. You'll probably be able to get him in 11th round, 12th round territory, which for a guy who's developing and is a lot better than what he was, that might be where his upside comes from just from progression. Plus, yeah. he had no one to throw to last year. Yeah. If they go out and get, I mean, I personally think that AJ Green would be a great addition to the Bills. Oh. So they went out and got, and you know, they went for they went for Brown last year. They went for Antonio Brown. People forget that that trade was agreed. Brown didn't want to go. He threatened to walk out. If they got AJ Green there, you think they're yeah, a big, powerful receiver. You partner him with John Brown. You've got Cole Beasley as the three. Josh Allen's numbers would go up. I love that. So that is something to to think about with Josh Allen. But ultimately, he's not going to lose your weeks. So um. That's going to do it for the video portion of today's show, Rush Nation. We've done six. We're going to hit another six at the rest of the podcast. But I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it at the end. Until the end of the podcast and audio, you keep rushing. Right, Rush Nation, we're back in the audio section. Number seven is Kyler Murray. Decent numbers for his first year. Really decent numbers for his first year. Uh, four MVP games, seven solid games, four bus games. Three of those bus games came in the final four games he played. Just really tailed off towards the end of the season. But weeks 1 through 11, he was solid. However, to put a precursor on this, he is probably going to go ADP-wise at QB4. Do you think? Yeah, 100%. I think he's going well before the seventh round. And so... That's way rich. Hard to judge, given what we've got here. And this is rookie season, and you would expect these numbers to escalate. But if those MVP numbers jump from 4 to 6 or 7, it might be worthwhile in the seventh round. Mm. it might not be but that is why this hype is that these baseline numbers are good they're really good if he can turn some of those bus games which he got towards the tail end of the season and maybe one or two of those solid games into mvp he's elevating himself into that top tier conversation and and with cliff kingsby another year of that offense another year in the nfl another weapon from the draft he could potentially jump from seven to the top three and he is a guy that can do that and everything in these numbers telling you that he is MVPing as often as he's busting is that is easily possible to do. He's got some real quick wins that can elevate him from seven to three to four quite quickly. And he's safety most of the time. It's just getting rid of a couple of those bus games and he could be an elite QB next year. I can see the hype. I don't know if I'm personally going to pay up for it, but I can totally understand if people were paying up sixth round, seventh round prices for Kyler Murray, given the safety of the floor, again, that's massive. Um, the fact that he rushes, that he gets those points on the ground. If he can get a little bit more production in the air, that's going to make him great. And I think he is definitely one to watch. But he's not going to be a sleeper, guys. Every, the, the secret is out on Kyler Murray. He is going to be... What? 
I don't know off the top of my head, but Kyler Murray came into the league as a massive rushing prospect, didn't he? Yeah, I don't I, think he had too many yards. No, I don't. Listen, he's not Lamar Jackson. I think he falls into roundabout what Josh Allen's doing 30, 40 yards a game, I think is where you're going to see it. But that's a nice, the way that scoring is set up, anywhere between three to five points a week on the ground is, again, making him almost bust proof. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing with these three rushing QBs in Jackson, Allen, and. Murray is that they're not going to bust that often because they have that rushing ability Mm. and that just takes bust out of the equation more often than not and that's what's going to save you from losing weeks the the big question with all three of those is can they maintain or improve on that MVP level Lamar Jackson is about how far does he fall because I can't see him replicating it Josh Allen would like to see that number go from two to four Kyler Murray has potential to that number going from four to seven in the MVP level. If he does that, he's a top three QB next year. I'm all aboard, man. I'm all aboard. Next one up is Patrick Mahomes. He finished number eight. A lot of people are saying this is down to uh, injury and injury alone, but he, you know, he missed two games on the other guys, and and based on his average, um, that would have put him in the conversation for QB three. three. Yeah. So he still would have been behind Watson and still about 100 points off Lamar Jackson. That's if played ridiculous, isn't it? Two games. That is the stupid amount to be behind Lamar. Yeah. When you think of Patrick Mahomes, you think he'd be hanging onto his coattails. But he's been, he's a whole football field away. Yeah, and listen, the injury outside of the games that he missed and one of the games where he got injured, he goes in the bus column because you would have started him the week he got injured. And that's fair. And yeah, so that's why for the purposes of it, he, he is in that number for the so that the game he got injured where he put up very few numbers, it goes in his bus column. But he did regress in almost every category. Now we saw a different animal in the postseason, and maybe that's a guy who then positively regresses upwards next season. Watch but, out if he does. But the one thing that he never showed at any point was his 2018 form mm. from a numbers perspective. The rushing game never really got going. They were, we're talking about um, rushers who, they didn't have a 500 yard rusher over the season. Not one individual got 500 yards rushing. That lack of ability to establish a run did hurt Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Tyreek Hill was injured. That definitely hurt. And those, those aspects are a big contributing factor as to why those numbers went down. Listen, it was going to be hard to maintain. We all expected regression. We all said, don't draft him in the third round because he will regress. We turned out to be right, but don't believe the hype that it was just an injury-related regression. It was a lot of things. It was the lack of establishing the run. It was a a lack of Tyreek Hill. If they have these off-seasons, like the last couple, with off-season issues with, say, Tyreek Hill, that they don't fix the running back position and have a running back who's going to put up 500 yards plus on a consistent basis like over the season, Patrick Mahomes might not reach those 2018 numbers. So we know he's an elite player. We know he's going to win games. He's just come off winning the Super Bowl. I'm not talking about his ability. I'm purely talking from a fantasy football perspective. He is the QB2 next year off the board. Easy. In every league, he might even go as the one based on the the postseason mm. but realistically he's going to be the two if they have a quiet offseason they acquire a running back or they draft a running back high Tyreek Hill is fit and he's healthy they continue to strengthen parts of that offense different options then you can comfortably draft Mahomes after Jackson if that is your method of preference and I understand why but if there's all these question marks that still exist just be cautious because it's not just his injuries the reason he's finished as the eight. He would have finished as the three, but he still would have been miles behind Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. To close that gap, he needs everyone fit and healthy. He needs to be fit and healthy. He needs a running back. He needs more plays on the ball. Don't forget the other reason why Mahomes didn't get as many attempts on the ball was the Chiefs D improved. The Chiefs D improved. He doesn't have the rushing floor of Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have that cheat code. When the Chiefs D was bad in 2018, he was out there making plays. He was having to make plays. He plays best when they're behind. That Chiefs D is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good now. And uh, You take plays away from Mahomes via the defense and you take away numbers. That's that's yeah. There's nothing short. That's not a, a difficult sum, is it? You, 
you take one thing away from somebody and you give it to the other, therefore the number at the end isn't as big. He is a special, special talent. But I can see a scenario where Kyler Murray finishes above Patrick Mahomes in fantasy football in 2020. I like that. I can see that path. Am I saying it's definitely going to happen? Of course not. But I'm telling you that I can make a case for Kyler Murray to finish above Patrick Mahomes in fantasy football in 2020. And it's purely down to that rushing floor. It's purely down to that offense and the fact that Arizona's D is bad. Mm -hmm. He's going to run a lot of plays. Arizona ran the most plays in the NFL last year on offense. Patrick Mahomes might not have that. So a lot of it is going to be shaped by what we see in the future. But I'm just saying I'm putting a little bit of caution, a little bit of cool water. And it's not down to his talent. It's purely down to situation and scope. Just be a little bit careful on Patrick Mahomes and don't automatically assume he's going to jump to 2018 numbers. Fair enough. Matty I, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't drop the ice. Matt Ryan, he's in at nine. Yeah. So Matty Ice didn't have many MVP games. Um, lot of solid games. Couple of bus games. He had three bus games. So majority of the line, he was solid. Very similar to um, Josh Allen numbers. The only difference is he played one game less and that could have been a solid game. Otherwise, he would have replicated pretty much what, what Josh Allen did. Um, but without the rushing floor. And that's because he's got great weapons. So he's always got people to throw to. But his best weeks came with Austin Hooper in the team. As soon as Austin Hooper got injured week 9, I think, or week 10. I think it was week 9. Uh, Matty Ice, again, fell off a cliff. Mm. If Austin Hooper leaves the Falcons in free agency, if they do not re-sign him, I will move... Matty Ice down my rankings probably two spots I think Austin Hooper is that important Julio is 32 how many great receivers put up elite fantasy numbers at the age of 32 not many Ridley regressed in my opinion last year not just because he got less touchdowns I feel like he did he had some good games, but he failed that consistency test, and we'll get to that when we cover wide receivers. Yep. So if Austin Hooper is not in that team, I am concerned that Matty Ice might not get anywhere near those MVP numbers that he did um, previous seasons. So, so Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson are symbiotic? Very similar, both depending on the tight end situation. I'm not sure how Matty Ice does with another tight end. So if they replaced Hooper and got another tight end, I don't necessarily have the same comfort as, say, Russell Wilson having a different tight end. If Russell Wilson had a good tight end... For, for example, if Austin Hooper ended up in Seattle, I'd trend Russell Wilson up because I know he can find tight ends. He made Jacob Holster relevant for a few weeks there. He had Will Disley, who no one ever heard of, had a couple of good games in 2017 or 2018, and he came and had a really good opening since yeah, six yeah. games. No, I feel you. Um, I'm going to blitz through these last three relatively quickly. Um, because one is almost finished in the league, and these other two, for me, are trending down. Um, Carson Wentz uh, finished at 10. Uh, he only had one MVP week, which didn't overly shock me, but I know towards the end he didn't have a lot of people to, to throw at, but I guess that the point is he had five uh, bust weeks. So he, he just has, he has a flaw. It's not a bad flaw. It's not a great flaw. He just ultimately isn't going to win you leagues. Carson Wentz is not a QB that is going to win you a fantasy championship. No. He might not lose it for you, but he's more likely to lose it for you than win it for you. And that is my determination on not just this season's data, but last season's data as well. You've got the injury concerns. There isn't a lot of me that loves Carson Wentz, the fantasy football quarterback. The actual quarterback, I think he's great. I think if he's fully fit with all the right weapons... He could do a lot. From a from a fantasy football perspective, I think he's just meh. And I think there are <laughs> other players I could make a case for that are actually lower than him on this list that I would rather have. Aaron Rodgers had four MVP games, but he had eight bust games. He busted over 50% of the time. He busted twice as often as he had MVP games. Yeah, which is a massive worry. And what's worse is he had a new offensive coordinator. He had a new head coach. He didn't have those excuses of a stale 
regime. He threw the ball more in the red zone this season than last season. His red zone usage took him from 7th in 2018th to 3rd. He was the 3rd highest rated quarterback in terms of red zone usage. His touchdowns didn't move. He threw 16 red zone touchdowns in 2018. He threw 16 in 2019. What? What? <laughs> so even though he had the ball more in the red zone in 2019, he did not make it count in terms of the touchdown column. Do you think that's play calling for Aaron Jones's abilities as a running back? Well, no, because we're talking about passing attempts. So his passing attempts went up. I think part of it was maybe to get it to the one and run it in. Part of it would be the fact that Devontae Adams wasn't there for 16. And that hurt because there wasn't anyone to throw. So part of it is the supporting cast. Yeah. But ultimately, we're looking at a quarterback that is, unfortunately, from a statistical perspective only, is in a decline. He is a QB that for the last three seasons has failed to exceed the QB9 position. And that is about where he is in the NFL in terms of from fantasy football. Yeah. He's 36. I'm not denying he's one of the best to ever play. I'm talking this from a numbers perspective. There isn't a lot. When I break down his games from a statistical perspective, I thought he was going to be the QB1 last year. And part of it is that, is thinking, how did it go so wrong? And it is that they want to run it in from the two. They want to run it in from the one. That is how their offense is efficient. But Rodgers is not putting up big games. He had, okay, he had four games he won you. That's as good as anyone from three to five in the rankings last year or Murray or Mahomes but he didn't have any he didn't have many solid weeks he was again similar to Deshaun Watson he was boom or bust but he busted twice as often as he boomed he was the biggest buster of the top half yeah yeah by 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 clear distance yeah and that's a, a massive thing um so that is pretty much what you have to take into consideration and, and for the price you're going to have to pay for Aaron Rodgers, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out next year, 100%. Tom Brady, we don't know what's going to happen with Tom Brady. Let's say he stays in New England next year. He had a, a relatively okay season from a statistical standpoint. One MVP game, eight solid games and six bus games. What that basically tells you about Brady is he's got no upside. And so... I can realistically see this being the first season that Tom Brady doesn't go drafted. It doesn't get drafted in the majority of leagues. What a year to be alive in fantasy football, eh? Yeah, and and rightfully so. Um, he is coming to the end of his career. That's, again, no slate on Brady. He's just, there is no upside. You can talk about the weapons. You can talk about whatever you like. Ultimately, he's not going to win you any weeks. So mm. um, why would you start Tom Brady? There isn't anything there. If he's on the waiver wire, he might be a solid pickup on a bye week. Fine. If you need to start him for a week, he's probably not going to hurt you. But he's no winner. But he's no winner for you in fantasy football. Yeah, I suppose in the NFL he's, he's won a bit. <laughs> um, I'll just play through the second. Well, get. I've got an idea, Murph. Okay. This has gone swimmingly well. In fact, I'm going to put it out there and say this has gone swimmingly, more swimmingly than I thought it was going to. Okay. Let's do another show for the second half and give them the time they actually deserve. Okay. Because I think Rush Nation would agree with me that 60 minutes on another 12 quarterbacks is perfect. Okay. Can I put a hot take out there? Because I know we're going to talk about this guy on Thursday's show. So Yes, you can. I'll talk about one of the 12. Because uh, it makes sense to cover it off. Because I want to leave them wanting more from the analysis of the second 12. So I'm going to talk about QB22, Daniel Jones. Oh, you're not. I am. This is who I'm going to talk about. Okay. Daniel Jones... Of all the remaining QBs we're going to talk about, had four MVP games, which was higher than anybody else. He only had one solid game, and he had six bust uh, games. So he was an MVP 36.36% of the time. He busted over half the time, which, okay, on paper doesn't sound good. There are some contributing factors to this. One, he's a rookie. So he's always going to make mistakes. Agreed. Right? So he's, he's only going to improve from these numbers, you would expect, in most cases. Two, he had an offensive play caller who I personally would say, and go as far to say, was out of his depth. Pat Shermer is a half-decent offensive coordinator. He is not a uh, play caller for me. So he's someone that I think uh, will benefit from a new fresh face and some new coaching abilities. Um, but 
I will also go as far to say that he will have more weapons next year. He didn't have Barkley for a good chunk of the season. Uh, Tate was out with the band thing over the fertility and uh, injury. Um, Sterling Shepard was out with concussion. He missed a ton of games. So he was throwing the ball to Darius Slayton. And, Evan Ingram missed uh, time. Evan Ingram missed time. <laughs> so if you think about all those plays, that, that statistical anomaly of having all your weapons go down to the point that he was throwing to literally... Like, I Nobody's. Don't know. Yeah, uh, practice squad guys. Like, and he was still putting up some good numbers, and some. I mean, that will contribute massively to the bus games. Part of it will be an experience. The other part we've talked about are things like fumbles. They will tidy up more. Do sorry to interject. Do yeah. you know how close to the precipice of bust to middling games he was on his bus games? I can tell you that now. Because those bus games might have been just. I mean, he had some bad games. Yeah, no, he did. He had because I played him in in a lot of places. Yeah, he I, he had some really bad games. So. Um, we're going to ignore. Um, I ignored games where he didn't start. So, for example, one of those games, um, I think I didn't include it. I just want to make sure I didn't, because otherwise that does skew the data slightly. Because if if like you're talking about his, yeah, I did. So I missed the game. You see that it calculates eleven games played. I did not include his week one because he he wasn't expected to play. Eli Manning was named the starter. No one would have started him. So he did come in and he, he played for a handful of snaps um, that didn't go well. <laughs> uh, I mean, basically, he played, he, he came in, he completed three or four passes uh, for 17 yards, um, but he fumbled the ball. So he ended up with minus 0.8 points. Um, but, so I took that game out because he wasn't expected to start. He didn't start the game. He came in for a handful of snaps. So that one game I've removed because no one started him in week one. So if we look at the games where he busted, that he was on that precipice, he had two games where he scored almost 15 points, which was week 12. No, sorry, one, because one was week 17. So he had one game that he was pretty close to the precipice. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but he put up a 5, an 11, an 8, a 10, a 12. So when he busted, he busted. Yeah, I know our guest on Thursday's pretty up on Daniel Jones as well because we've been in conversation with him so imagine I wonder if he's got any more stats that are going to pad this out as well yeah potentially the the one thing I would say and this is going to be a a real hot point on this with Daniel Jones I look at all these guys of the second 12 and you know spoiler alert there's there's Ryan Tannehill there's uh, Fitzpatrick if I had to pick a breakout candidate from these 12 based on the MVP data I've got and the fact that I expect those bus games to revert to the median and maybe go further, given the weapons he'll have back with new coaching, Daniel Jones would be my pick. So Daniel Jones is a guy, I I honestly, I can tell you now, before I did this exercise, I had no consideration to taking Daniel Jones next year. Like, none. Like, I just was not even remotely interested in thinking about Daniel Jones. I am now thinking... I am going to be taking quite a bit of Daniel Jones because I know he's going to be cheap. And that that four MVP game ability, if that gets to five, six, that's a cool guy to have as your as your QB2 on your bench. Yes, sir. And if it gets better than that, he could be, I think, easily for me, a top 12, top 10 QB next year. Well, Rush Nation, if you are one of the crazies who are currently now drafting for next year already, why don't you pick Daniel Jones up as a real cheap asset? You're probably getting him close to free. You could probably nick him in the last two rounds of of drafts. So take a chance on him because he, he from these numbers and these statistics, he has every chance to, to really boom. And for him to get into – or to give you an, a, another number, right? So his average points per game was 17.61. Um, only uh, Ryan Tannehill had a bigger number than that. Oh, and Drew Brees. So those three, we don't know what's going to happen with Brees. But based on those numbers, he, on an average perspective, he would have been QB 15. Uh, 14. He'd have been QB 14. Just based on his average per game. Yeah. So then for him, so the path for him to get to 14 to 10 isn't, isn't much. No. Not. So that is what it's not a huge hot take when I break it down, but it sounds like a massive hot take. So invest in Daniel Jones in a few places. You might be thanking me eleven months from now. 
War or even even eight months now when somebody comes knocking for the new hot thing that's Daniel Jones and you could trade him away for an absolute steal. Yes, absolutely. That's going to do it for the first half of the 2019 QB Review Rush Nation. We hope you've enjoyed the statistics and analysis we've just provided you with because I know I sure as hell have. Can't wait for Thursday's guest. It's going to be an absolute banger, Murph. This has been fun as always, my man. Oh, man, I loved it. I love talking. Ball with you. It's a pleasure we get to do it every week. Check out our sponsors, helmethouse.co.uk. They're awesome. Check out the NFL Europe shop. 10% off. They had a flash sale yesterday. Um, wait for an additional 15% off. I did tweet that. Uh, so if you did see it and took advantage, well done. Show us your, your gear. Um, but take advantage of the discount because it, it's site-wide. Um, and we'll also have some more interesting sponsors that you'll be hearing from in the coming weeks as well. Yes, sir. Uh, right, Rush Nation. That's Murph and I done for the first half of the quarterback review. We'll be back in your ear holes next Tuesday with more quarterback talk. And this Thursday with our guest. Cannot wait. But as always, don't forget, keep on rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.